Hey there, everybody. It is the Water Trio Astrology Podcast, and we're coming to you with all the insights for May 27. Um, and that will take us into June, so that, that first uh, little bit of June. So welcome and thanks for joining us. And if you are enjoying our episodes, please feel free to like it or share it or subscribe or leave us a comment. So um, technically, this is the post-UAC hangover week. So we are um, all done the conference. Of course, we're recording this way before, um, well, the week before the conference actually, but um, we're going to be describing the astrology of the week and uh, maybe some other things too. So how are you girls? What's going on in your worlds? Well, I uh, am doing things, but Leash, you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to the mutable lockout. It's like cheer for those listening on SoundCloud or podcast. Um, Lishi was mouthing words, but nothing was coming out. <laughs> Talking underwater, Mars in Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, I'm all good. I'm just recovering from a full weekend at the Psychic Fair down in the Gold Coast, which is awesome to meet some Water Trio podcast listeners. So hello to those ladies. And, um, yeah, just kind of getting back to real everyday life. What about you, Kel? I am deep in NORWAC conference prep. I know that this is going to be aired after the conference. Uh, and actually the day this is going to be aired, we'll, I'll still be at NORWAC. Uh, I'll be just getting ready for my post-conference workshop, which is a deep dive into aspects. Uh, but we're recording this, I don't even know what day it is, early in May. 15th. Okay, not early in May, halfway through May. <laughs> Where has the time gone? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm, I actually spent today, most of today writing my keynote speech for Norwalk, which I'm excited, but I always get very nervous about uh, giving keynote speeches. I've, this will only be the third keynote that I've given. So just trying to do a better job than last year, basically. I heard such good things about the one you did last year. <clears throat> oh, well, that's great. I'm happy to hear that. I didn't give myself a very good re report card, but we're always very hard on ourselves, right? That's mm, right. We're yeah. always our worst critics. Yes. So, yeah. So, I, 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 what about you, Cass? What have you been doing? Well, I'm here at NOAC too. <laughs> <laughs> this recording into the future is uh, always a little bit of a, a crazy thing. But, yeah, you know, so I've got two lectures, which I've, you know, technically done by now and, uh seeing some clients at the conference. And this week I'm heading down to Portland um, to spend a few days with a dear friend. And uh, then later in the week, we're going to be road tripping down to the southern parts of Oregon. So it's going to be, you know, me kind of like cast trekking through the the wild Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm so excited. So. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Yeah, I'm really and that's, I think, the whole Uranus and Taurus piece for me is just wanting to explore that and the nature stuff and and just really that grounded connection as opposed to kind of flitting here, there and everywhere, just taking my time. So super, super excited about that. So astrologically speaking, what are we talking about this week? Well, this week, uh, what does this week I think bring? you're first up, Cass, aren't you? Because you were going to talk am, about actually. Mercury square Neptune. Exactly. I'm talking about Mercury square Neptune. So I'm like, what are we doing? 
And, um, yeah, so, <laughs> and I always do see the Mercury square Neptune a little bit like a mini Mercury retrograde for the day. When we think about Mercury, especially Mercury's in Gemini, so it's all about the details, the information, the data, you know, that collection of, of things, getting our facts, getting our information. Then when we're talking about Neptune, who's doesn't care about any of that stuff, just sort of wants to feel its way through, it wants to sort of be at oneness rather than the separativeness that you know, Mercury can kind of do quite well. So when they're squaring each other, they get in each other's way. So, you know, facts might be foggy, things getting in the way, might be um, a day to kind of like not let uh, plans or logistics be sort of set in stone, go with the flow. And as I'm speaking, I'm also remembering, I think this is the day I actually start my road trip. So it's like, don't, I'm going to be the worst co-pilot ever because I'll have nowhere, no idea of where I'm going. Um, I'm just, you know, being winging it. And so uh, Mercury Square Neptune is definitely about, you know, just being adaptable, being flexible, um, and being really detached from the outcome. We're talking about two mutable signs here. So it is definitely about just, you know, whatever, um, you know, come whatever may, so to speak, rather than trying to be outcome directive. So I find that Mercury square Neptune can sometimes be really grateful, you know, creative energy, just taking out the the, the need to know or the need to um, have one direction and, just allow through whatever comes through. It can be really exciting like that. I love a good Mercury square Neptune because it kind of helps me get out of my own head. So it can be useful for that as well if you, you know, remain flexible, which is a key, a key thing there with Mercury in the mix. <coughs> Have you girls got any thoughts about Mercury square Neptune? I think for me um, <clears throat> this is the part of the cycle <laughs> It's revisiting almost all that Mercury mayhem that was going on in March when Mercury was conjunct Neptune in Pisces. And it's like, what have we learnt since then? What, what little facts, what little details have come up that we need to put in place? Um, I agree with you, Cass. It's kind of that time where you can really just let go and let go of that crazy mind stuff that can happen, especially with Mercury and Gemini, you know, trying to get all the facts all the time. Um, so it's like sometimes the facts are subjective. Sometimes, you know, not everything is what we think it is. So there is the possibility with this as well of just seeing things from another point of view, having a little bit of compassion, bringing some kindness of, you know, compassion of mind in for others and as well just kind of letting go of that need to have the hard facts, that need to have the real truth, uh, although there can be the kind of the deception element of this as well. It's like sometimes there may be things that are being miscommunicated or misunderstood under this kind of energy. So just, yeah, I guess it is checking the facts um, but not being absolutely wedded in them. So Yeah, exactly. That- Your thoughts, Kel? Yeah, I don't think it's a day to try and clarify anything. I think it's going to be a day where the facts are very hard to come by. The uh, obscuring kind of foggy vibe of Neptune will definitely dominate the day. And I think that's going to make it a really great day for things like daydreaming, 
inspiration, imagination. Um, it's almost like when Mercury squares Neptune, um, you can't think your way through a problem because the thinking faculties just aren't as sharp or as clear as normal. Instead, you have to kind of feel your way forward. And that is uncomfortable for many of us. I think this is why so many of us in modern life struggle with Neptune's energy when he comes up by transit or when he's active in our chart, because you have to learn to trust things that you can't prove or that you can't even necessarily explain. You know, Neptune's territory is like the realm of intuition or inklings or gut instinct. And so it really feels like it can be uncomfortable, but you might have to trust something that is just a, a it might just be the edge of your consciousness. Like, I, I think I've got it, but I don't quite have it. And so if you do have to make big decisions this week or you need to organize logistics or plans or you're trying to do your forward schedule, I wouldn't try and do that on Wednesday. I think it is Wednesday, this aspect. Um, Wednesday, the 29th in Canada and the States. I think it'll be Thursday, the 30th mm. for you guys um, in Australia. Um, yep. so you might like, I know Fridays, we like to be a bit dazed and confused, but you might be able to clear the fog on Friday after this foggy Mercury Neptune square has Could be a nice, uh, energy for a midweek tipple if you're that way inclined. Did you say midweek tipple? Yes. Yes. I think, yeah. Midweek tipple, visit to the beach, music, meditation, just, yeah. All of that hump chill day out. Check out. Hump day check out for sure. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a wine and Netflix night perhaps. And, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about Neptune lately because it's one of my topics for the Nor- for Norwalk. And so I often, th- and you will relate to this, Leashy, being a surfer, um, I've, I don't think I've ever attempted to get on a board. But, um, you know, when you're out beyond the breakers and, you know, your whole ability to read the ocean is based on feel, you're not thinking it. It's like you're looking for those or feeling for those changes in the water or changes in the activity of the waves or the way they're moving in order to like get on your board and catch that wave. And so that is very much the Neptune experience is noticing the little subtleties or the subliminal things that may not that might go over your head at another time, but under a Neptune transit can be uh, stronger or more intense and require you to take notice of. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> it is It is one of the things with the ocean. It's, it's almost like you have to read what's beneath the surface with what you're talking about because it's like if you know where the banks are, then you know where the wave's going to form, but you don't know where the banks are. So what you have to do is actually read the surface of the water to actually see, okay, that'll be a good place to go and plant myself to be able to find a good wave and and the patience that that takes as well. Um, You know, it is being in that kind of space of just being with things and, and letting the energy of where you're at flow over you. So it's pretty special actually. And then also, excuse me, letting go of the idea that, you know, you may not even catch a wave or you may not get that experience that you're searching for in the ocean. So that can be a, a thing even under this astrology is that what mm. you're trying to bring together or trying to work out in your mind or trying to organize just may not happen. Yeah. Yeah. And another analogy as well. <clears throat> Sorry, Kel, just quickly. No, is- no. I used to work in an addiction treatment centre on the northern beaches of Sydney and one of the ways that people who came to be treated in there who were often surfers, 
their higher power they found in the ocean. You know that whole 12 steps, it's all about connecting to a power to give to hand over your addiction. For them it was being in the ocean. It wasn't actually a thing. And I feel like, you know, this is with this Neptune Mercury connection, it's that connection to something bigger than ourselves, connection to something higher, connection to those higher messages um, and, and higher higher felt experiences that come from that as well. So it is a pretty special place to be. I love that analogy. Thanks, Cass. Cool. Well, I think that's, uh, we could talk about Mercury all day by the sound of things, but, you know, after a nice Neptune experience, I think we've got the... Uh, the cold, harsh realities of Saturn coming up. Is that right, Kel? Well, actually, I think uh, Mercury is doing the tango like a double header almost. I think uh, Mercury Jupiter happens first. Actually, I yes, and I've changed my mind. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually going to talk about that. <laughs> of course, you have. Well, I just thought let's go with this beautiful Neptune vibe, and um, because I'm also looking at the Venus sextile Neptune the next day and really having a look at, you know, because you've got Venus in Taurus, you know, she's in her happy place. She's grounded. She's all about the pleasures and all about the things. So it feels like there is such a nice, (laughs) all about the wine, all about (laughs) that kind of stuff. But she could also be about, you know, a nice yoga retreat or going and doing a meditation or something like that. So it is that that just really valuing actually bringing the spiritual, bringing the higher, bringing that higher connection of where we can let go of ourselves into the physical, into this body, into the five senses. So it's almost like where we can connect between ourselves and our felt experience and our physical experience and our spirit. You know, people often talk about the fact that we're, we're, um, spiritual beings having a physical experience. And that's really what this energy feels like to me as well. So it's, it's that chance to really value something greater than ourselves, to really have a look at those principles that are in our lives and go, okay, what is important to me? And and how am I going to create that in my relationships? How am I going to unify those two experiences together? So I'm getting a bit spiritual with it all. Have you guys got a bit, something a bit more grounded? Than, <laughs> than <laughs> my I see three musings. kilos in my future. <laughs> 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 At least. <laughs> How are you going to say something? Um, so this is Venus sextile Taurus, sextile Neptune. Sorry. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which is, um, I think it's Friday morning here in Australia and Thursday night in the US. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you made some really beautiful points, Leash. It is very much about blending the emotional and the spiritual. Neptune in Pisces, of course. Uh, with the the physical, bring it into the body, into the tangible realm. So, yeah, that'll have a really nourishing kind of quality, but it's also a great aspect for making something solid out of an idea or an inspiration. It's like making the imagination real, if you like, and that's kind of how the earth and the water, well, certainly like Venus in Taurus, she wants something tangible, whereas Neptune in Pisces is that, you know, it's coming via the ethers, basically. Mm, beautiful creativity just thinking as you're saying that like you know imagine I'm imagining a friend of mine who's an amazing sculptor and potter and I could just imagine her having some amazing ideas and then actually putting them into a tangible form Mm. yes 
Absolutely. Yeah, it reminds me of the, um, if anybody's watched The Haunting of Hill House, that show on Netflix where uh, the husband and wife talk about their relationship and she's the kite and he is the line. And so it's that beautiful, like, you know, he's the the line that holds her and kind of keeps her semi-grounded while she's, you know, floating in the ethers but not going all the way to the ethers, if that makes sense. So the kite and the line I thought was a beautiful um, analogy for this um, aspect as well. Yeah, yeah, I like That's that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I always find there's just a lot of kindness in a Venus-Neptune uh, aspect. It's about there's a, there's a really trusting energy, like giving people the benefit of the doubt or giving people second chances. Mm. And depending on the nature of the aspect, like it could be Venus square Neptune or Venus opposite Neptune. And in those instances, it's more likely to be like giving someone a second chance who maybe doesn't deserve it. But because this is a sextile, which is one of those more kind of gentle or dare I say benign type aspects, you're more likely to get that idea of kindness being deserved or, you know, being kind, being the right choice, if you like. Yeah. Taking the higher road. Yeah. Taking the high road or just going the extra mile, giving because you can, not because you're expecting to get anything back. But even though it's Neptune and there isn't a lot of limits or containment with Venus sextile Neptune, we're less likely to deplete ourselves in the giving process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more likely, you know, if Venus is square Neptune or Venus is opposite Neptune, we, we can kind of get caught up in the vortex of giving until we're depleted basically. Yeah. And it also makes me think too, you know, I trained in forgiveness work a few years ago and the first step in forgiveness of somebody else is actually forgiving yourself. And I feel like this is a part of that as well, is that seeing, you know, if there is a forgiveness that needs to be done, coming back to your part that you played in it all and forgiving yourself for that, because we all make mistakes. It's all part of it. And and maybe if there's enough time, especially, we're able to look at ourselves with compassion as well. So it's not just where we're giving it out, but also bringing that into ourselves as well because often these days we're very harsh on ourselves for needing to fulfill expectations or meet certain standards and we're just humans having a human being experience so yeah sort of like letting go of any grudges or you know they Mm. say forgive not to say that the other person was was right or okay but for yourself more than anything else exactly yeah yeah, absolutely. So that's a really beautiful piece for this week. Yeah, so. Bit of Neptune vibe, yeah. You know, we could talk about our things and under perhaps the uh, Mercury-Neptune and then find new ways of connecting when Venus comes along and has her uh, interaction with um, the great sea god. <laughs> okay, and what about you, Kel? Uh, got a bit of a different vibe here now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, my favourite, my aspect, it's one of my favourite aspects of the whole month of May, actually, even though it's coming at the very end of the month. Um, Venus trine Saturn, <coughs> um, 19 Taurus to 19 Capricorn, Friday the 31st of May in Canada and the States, but it's Saturday morning, June 1st for everyone in Australia. I like this aspect because it really speaks to stability and security and the idea of making commitments or plans or promises that are long lasting. 
Um, mm. And part of the reason for this to be sort of such a positive Venus-Saturn connection, it is a trine aspect, which shows, you know, two planets coming together to work in harmony. Um, but it's also Venus in Taurus. So Venus in a place of strength, Saturn in Capricorn, Saturn in a place of strength. And so there's this real sense of two people who are talented or have resources or have special gifts joining forces to collaborate or to achieve something really substantial that's got that enduring kind of quality. And so this to me feels like alliances. It feels like commitments. It feels like plans and promises. It feels like a coming together of long-term plans or agreements. Uh, and so it's generally, I mean, I, I see it as quite a favorable uh, pairing basically. But what do you guys think about that? Have you looked at it or got any thoughts or ideas about that? Go for it, Lishi. Oh, well, I was actually just having a quick look at when Venus will be in Cancer and opposing Saturn. And I feel like, you know, there can be things put in place now to help that be, you know, to help live through that or push through that or even make that a real consolidation time. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as you were saying, Kel, it's it's getting serious about relationships. It's getting, it's having those conversations that it can actually tangibly build something. This is both these planets in Earth signs, so it's actually really grounding and anchoring, slowing things down, um, and really kind of actually being in the one-on-one -on -one with somebody and and really meeting them in that you know that Taurus face to face. You know, Saturn still dries out. So I think, you know, there, there could be a lack of warmth with this energy, um, but that can bring the clarity and the simplicity of, okay, you know, sometimes in relationships we can spin off into this, that or the other and be so worried about the little tiny details and this actually brings us back to the clear core perspective of, okay, what really is important about this person or about this thing that I'm trying to meld with? And when I'm in that place of, of looking at that important thing, that's what I want to wed to. That's what I want to commit to. That's what I want to be with. So, yeah, that's my thought. What about you, Cass? Yeah, my thoughts around this aspect, um, it kind of reminds me of our WhatsApp chat, but WhatsApp chat, well, I can't even say WhatsApp chat. <laughs> And um, I was sort of telling you girls that, you know, Ramit's got his, Ramit Sethi, so he's a guy that, you know, I think we all follow on Instagram and uh, he's released an update of his book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And a lot of his work is also around the psychology of money and money in relationships and, and what have you. So he's just released his, um, you know, I've got the first edition which was published 10 years ago and now he's got another one. And it was just released yesterday. So I think this is kind of, you know, an apt opportunity under Venus Saturn, you know, under such positive um, sign rulership, under a beautiful trine aspect to really, whether it's just for yourself or within a key relationship, what um, physical or tangible Venus and Taurus, you know, in terms of our resources as well, do we want to really work towards in the long term? So rather than having an attitude with a partner like, what, you've spent five bucks on a latte or you bought this new um, shirt and blah, blah, you know, we all sort of, oh, it only costs $10 instead of the 100 it might have cost, you know, that type of stuff. It's about being, okay, um, you know, what 
you know, Ramit's whole thing is, you know, how to create a rich life, sort of meaning, you know, what can we, how can we work together to create an ideal level of abundance that's sustainable and growing? So rather than kind of being so um, frugal or limiting about it, which Saturn can, you know, does like to do, but with Venus's support, how can we grow that? How can we perhaps... Um, make things a little bit more fecund or fertile that we can push forward into the future and make those long lasting plans. So I think it's also a really good time to perhaps, you know, look at money, look at uh, your attitude to money, look at how that might be different or varying in a relationship and work, look for the ways that you can make it a good thing and work together rather than perhaps working against each other. And you're always going to have different ways of operating financially in a relationship, but having the stuff that um, we can, you know, a common goal or working together and funneling our energies in, into that is another mm. way that we can make it a little bit perhaps, you know, a, a practical manifestation of this aspect as well. Mm. Yeah, I really like that, Cass, that idea of focusing on whether it's financial stability or stability in a key partnership of just what do you want in the long term? Because, um, I, I mean, I think Saturn really embodies that principle of like short-term pain for long-term gain. And that's kind of what you're speaking to there is the idea of do you need to have all these little things now or would you rather mm. put them away for something large or something more substantial in the future? Um because it really is this long-term thinking piece with this uh, Venus-Saturn in Earth combo. So Earth for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm also – want... Sorry, go, Lee. Sorry, Cass, you go. <laughs> you know, do you want these like 10, you know, 10, $10, you know, uh, China shop type of uh, uh, T-shirts or what have you, or do you want that one beautiful piece that's going to last you for a really long time? Yeah. Um, so, you know lots of different ways it can um it can play out Mm. Yeah. And I was also thinking as well, you know, Venus brings benefit, especially in Taurus. So this is potentially a time when we may see the benefits from the hard work we've been doing with Saturn in Capricorn since December 2017. So especially depending on where it's placed in your chart, you know, you may see a few of the rewards starting to come through or a, a few of the recognitions or of the achievements that you've had and the things that you've made starting to shine through this on this day as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, seeing a little bit of that Venus goodness after a bit of, mm. you know, Saturn stuff. But, um, yeah, and definitely kind of, you know, how can we channel that energy and make it grow? I still feel that real fecundness yep. of Taurus there. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, that real long term, you know, like penny pinch now, like you really say like a... Um, a penny pinched is a dollar say or pound saved or something that really old saying. So there can be a little bit of that as well. But I like that kind of idea of, you know, the rich life, you know, everybody's idea of what a rich life is can be different. You know, for some people might, they might be happy yeah. to scrimp and save on the day-to-day basis, but have a real lovely splurge on a holiday. Or for mm. some people it might be having the finest food or the best 
the best that they can afford to buy into their home and maybe not go out and about so much. So, you know, it's about, again, that Venus stuff, what do you value? What is important to you? And Saturn kind of putting your money where your mouth is in respect to that and honouring that um, or committing to, to that side of things. So, so mm. much juice. Very juice. It's very productive, I think. Very productive. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It makes yeah, me think of like agree, a, and the chickens yeah. do agree. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing down there? Um it just also makes me think about it, you know, the hard work you do to make to plant the fertile garden. Um that will that will come at the end. You know, the flowers that you put in, when you think about what you're doing, you get strategic actually. You know, people who are landscape architects will tell you that it's actually about marrying everything together and and being strategic about where you place all the plants to be able to actually see that everything has its place and everything is able to shine and everything is able to show us its beauty in its own way. And sometimes you don't want everything flowering at once. You want this little bit to flower here and this little bit to flower there. So you have the beauty all year round, but it's having that bigger picture of the Saturn in Capricorn helps you be strategic and, and plan for that too. Yeah, nothing reminds you like Saturn and Capricorn that you can't reap and sow in the same season. Yeah. That's exactly it. Exactly it. So. So that's our, that's the week, I think. Uh, awesome. So we've got yeah. some, you know, Neptune um, rose-coloured glasses and then a bit of practical Saturn reality at the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, some productiveness, I think, at the end of the week. So if you feel like the start of the week gets away from you a little bit, you can yeah, catch you can up. And pull it back in towards the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we definitely look forward to hearing about, you know, those who are attending NORWAC, about your NORWAC experiences and um, your time in Seattle and all of that stuff and I guess this is the week where life starts to slowly get back to normal for many of us. Yes, and I, we will do a Norwalk debrief in a future episode, I'm sure, Cass, when we, once we've been and we speak yes. after that. <laughs> once you're back on home soil because you'll be travelling for a little while. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm staying in the US um, until mid-June, so um, just kind of in this bit of a Neptune in-between vibe in between these two sort of work commitments and then I'll be down in San Diego um, speaking for the astrological San Diego Astrological Society on, I think, the weekend of the 14th and the 15th, um, which I'm really looking forward to doing. So, yeah. Super it's exciting. exciting. What about you, Kel? What's on the agenda? Um, Heading this back week, to Canada? Yes, I'll be flying back to Canada, I think it's Tuesday, flying home. And then, so I'm just looking up, I've got calendars everywhere. Um, I think we have graduation week. My husband's kids are graduating from uni. So we've got one, I think we have stuff like Thursday, Friday night for that. So it's a little bit more family focused for me uh, this week. And yeah, coming home for our last month in Canada before we move in July. Crazy town. What about you, Lishi? What's on your agenda? I don't think I'm even booked, like planning that far ahead. I'm, my 50% sale will will still be running that week um, and I'll still be t- 
teaching the Foundations of Astrology course. Um, that's pretty much it at the moment. I don't think, oh, yes, I haven't planned it yet, but I might have my new moon group that week because I think the new moon is, oh, no, sorry, the new moon's on the Monday, so I will be holding it on the Monday night. I plan to have it on the night, so that will be the next week. That'll be good, yep. If anyone's interested in coming along to the new moon in Gemini, it's always light and bubbly and fun. seems to be the time when I get the most people there because everyone wants to come out and socialise. Have a chat, Um, yep. Have a chat. So, yeah, pop onto my website. I'll pop onto Facebook, actually, and uh, if you're in the Sunshine Coast, make sure you log that you want to come to the event because I think the Gemini ones always fill up fast. Yeah. I'm missing you guys because you'll be Norwalking. We'll be we'll be away. I'll be living vicariously through you both. Yeah, we'll have to uh ease your FOMO via WhatsApp. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome guys. Well um I'm gonna uh yeah, we'll wind this up and yeah. I just want to also thank everybody for listening to this podcast. We have noticed that, you know, our stats in terms of views and listens and things have really gone up. So just want to, you know, whether you've been listening for a long time or a short time, thank you for joining us. You know, do continue to leave us that feedback. It can help us steer certain episodes in a direction that you, know, you want to hear about. Um, and you know, if you are listening and yet to subscribe or, you know, please hit that button for us and feel free to share on your own social medias. If you think that other people can benefit from our water trio banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We always might have a bit of a laugh in all the astro. Yeah, and we do love the comments. We love the comments, so please keep them coming. It's awesome to hear how how it's um, landing with you all and and how you, and your experience of the transits and um, yeah, it's awesome. So thanks, guys. Yes, definitely. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you like. If there's any topics that you have, any questions for us, because we do keep an eye on the comments and uh, we'll do our best to include them in future shows. Oh well. Wish you all a really great week and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye.